Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. My name's Brian. And I'm Paul. And we'll get going in three, two, one. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. Woohoo! This episode is about letting it go. And let me tell you how that happened. This week, it's been a pretty stressful one. Last week, we told you that we got a new puppy, and there's a lot of great things about having a, a brand new puppy, and there's also some not-so-good things about having it a new puppy. It sucks to have a puppy. <laughs> House training can be a pain in the neck. How there's, about the incessant barking? Oh, that's a good one, and, you know, the potty, potty training. training. Uh, so... We've had some stress, and with stress comes resentment and holding grudges and bitterness and all that fun stuff. So that's how the topic came up, and Paul really wanted to talk about it. When I thought about it, I was like, I'm not sure I really have a lot of resentments, but Paul feels like this is a good topic, and I didn't want him to be resentful. So I went ahead and. Well, we love our little girl, and (laughs) we have a constant reminder of how important it is not to hang on to negativity and that's when we decided today or i you know brought that up as a topic to brian for letting go so yep so basically in regards to this um let's talk about energy for just a minute like energy is all around us you know energy is always moving and it's meant to move but you know we tend to at some points uh we get stuck the energy itself will get stuck and um we tend to get this stuck energy when we come to something that we just have hard trouble uh, accepting the way it is. like Let, Letting go of. Right. Like uh, we feel like we've been cheated or, you know, we basically have a resentment or grudges um, or just bitterness. And, and sometimes we just need assistance and just letting that stuff, just cutting it out of our life or, or giving it permission to move on so that... You know, once we've learned our lesson, there's no reason to keep repeating that over and over and just tormenting ourselves and terrorizing ourselves. So that's kind of where this came from. So how would you define resentment? Well, if you look online, there's a a big, long um, explanation of what a resentment is. But basically, it starts out by saying it's a complex, multi-layered emotion. Um, And a couple of the other things, it'll say blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that stuck with me is its perception of unfair treatment. So let's just say that... It's anything that we've ever lost sleep over or that's just spent time spinning in our heads because of something someone said or did to us. And most of the time they're related to fear, right? Oh, yeah, sure. It's it's basically, for me, I find it's that it's a, a fear that I'm going to lose something or a fear of my safety, personal safety. Someone cuts me off and you know they almost wreck my car or wreck into me or something like that, that... I can snap and just build a big resentment against them that I can carry for hours. Um, fear of stability is a huge one, whether it's um, monetary stability or you know your your housing or you know just relationship stability. All those type things can cause resentments. And as you're saying this, I'm remembering that fear comes from the ego, so it's all related to. The yes. ego, apparently. And a lot of times it's not real. I mean, what's that acronym? False evidence appearing real or the F everything and run, <laughs> whichever one you want to you wanna look at. But that, that second one's more me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It really is. <laughs> it's true. I'm, Paul's more the fighter. 
and I'm more of the flighter or the person that runs away from things. And we were talking earlier today, and it's true. I, I tend to remove myself from any situation that is not pleasant or, you know, if I don't, if I don't gel with someone, my technique is to get away from them. Yeah, just don't put yourself in the mix. And, and Paul will confront him. So my resentment actually is internalized in that case where I feel like I resent myself for not saying it or not sticking up for myself or, or not. putting yourself in the position to begin with, right? I've seen you do that. Yeah, it's true. And but, yeah, where I tend to, I, I try to wait and, and look at it in a hopefully a positive way. And we're going to talk about ways of doing that in just a moment. But, but you know, some top, some topics you just want to steer clear of, right? I mean, some things are going to naturally cause animosity like between religion people. and politics. Definitely. Um, abortion's another really hot topic that we probably want to sidestep um, with a lot of people in mixed company. I mean, if you're with your friends and you know where they stand and you have common ground to discuss something like that, any of those. Yeah, well, you definitely want to stand up for yourself. And, and that's where my regret comes from and not standing for, up for myself. At, but it's at really times. a good idea on a new job not to bring any of those three up. <laughs> yeah, just the workplaces where you don't want to talk about that stuff for sure. So let's talk about stuck energy for just a little bit. And we've all been there. We've all had times when we just get kind of in a loop and we can't move through something. Maybe we, um, maybe we have someone we care about that gets stuck in a loop. And, and when I say this, like maybe you have a friend or maybe yourself, you get out of a relationship and you find yourself just talking about that person over and over and even to the same people just constantly like the scenario and what's happening now and what's that there's the latest blow by blow and you know it, it could be relationship uh, with your a person or with a place or with an agency or you know it could be your job it could be a co-worker but usually it's relationship bound type things that we're discussing here um and those are things that it's easy to see when it's someone else, right? It's easy to see when they're so draining and you just don't want to be around them anymore, as opposed to when we're actually in the middle of this and we're, we're just running our friends down and they're not wanting to pick up the call because they know what's coming, right? So this is what we're talking about, letting go and moving through these types of events. So earlier today when we were discussing my lack of grudges or my perceived lack of grudges. You know, I, I thought about things like when I was a kid, bullies, I, you know, I had some grudges toward them and, and just religion in general has always been a, a sticking point for me. But um, I was a wealth of source of like, Hey, you remember when this happened, right? You remember when I did this? You remember? When... <laughs> yeah. So Paul, you know, picked my, my brain and, and my memory and we worked together and, you know, the best example I came up with was a friend that, uh, we had, and this was a friend that, you know, was invited into our home many times and, you know, I felt was part of our world and I kind of got backstabbed because Paul was on a phone call with this person and little did she know that I was on speakerphone. Well, you were on speakerphone. I could hear what was going on and I don't usually do that, but it just happened to be on speakerphone and we were taking a walk. So it wasn't like it was, you know, to undermine anyone or anything like that. And this person, um, well, she basically told Paul that she, that he should break up with me. Yeah. 
that was the conversation. And mind you, we'd been married for 15 years at this point. <laughs> yeah. So Paul didn't really take that too seriously as a, as a comment, but it really hurt me. And, you know, he, Paul feels like I had a grudge toward this person after that because I did bring it up several times. But for me, I just learned something about this person and I don't want to be around this person because I know now their true self, what they are like. And, you know, obviously it's not a healthy person for me to be around, so I just don't give it the time of day anymore. That's part of my mechanism for dealing with it. I, I will all say the time. that you don't tend to carry them in an unhealthy manner. You tend to, to get through them and you deal with them and you, you work through them. It's not like you sit there and you treat people meanly or you, you take it out on other people. You, you tend to address the scenario. And, and if I can't do it. something about it, I move on. I just, I, I separate myself from the situation. I just get past it, I That's guess. That's true. And you know, in, in our notes, Brian, Brian had notes on this, but like when it comes to grudges, I didn't need any notes. I, I have plenty of examples. <laughs> I can just pull verbatim. It's like, um, grudges, uh, who do you, you want to talk about? Like any of my family members, I could tell you about. Yeah. He had some really good grudge stories yeah. and you know, growing up, I didn't have a brother and you know, maybe that wasn't such a bad thing. Cause... I had three of them and a sister. Right. And <laughs> I was the youngest boy, and um, there was just lots of opportunities there. So, um, and I'm not going to dog anyone out on the call, but there was, you know, an incident where, well, I will, I will talk about this one. My dad painted cars. That's what he did for a living. And I had this bicycle, and I really wanted him to paint it because he could paint any color. You know, he had all these car paints. And um, he told me, son, if you get your bike ready to paint, I will paint your bike. So I went to work with him for a week and every day I sanded on that bike and I primed it and I got it ready and I, I got it perfect and I took it all the way apart. And that was big for a little kid, you know, and he painted it blue and I put it all back together and I got it home. And before I could get on it, my brother took it and ran out in the road with it and he started popping wheelies with it, which he knew would really piss me off. And um, the one thing that was kind of cool about it was the third time he popped a wheelie, Apparently, I didn't put the front tire on very tightly, and it went rolling down the street, and it came down on the asphalt with the two front forks and just went end over end. And I remember thinking how satisfying that was. So but it had a happy ending. It did have a happy ending, but still, <laughs> I was angry at him, you know. Um, so those were examples of things that we relived in our minds, and that, that was kind of the point of this, that, you know, I've spent time... Uh, in a car before I've had resentment so bad that I caught myself having the argument out loud with me being the only one in the car replaying the the argument again and you know saying what I wish I had said or you know just reliving the actual emotion from a scenario repeatedly and those are the things that aren't healthy for us that See, we now that past. sounds like me yeah. When I internalize those things, I do tend to do those things you just said, play it over and over in my mind and relive it. And I regret that I didn't handle it a better way. And see, what we want to realize is that when when we're focused on things like this and, and they're, they're not just consuming our life and our time, you know, our actual time, but they're manifesting things like like attracts like. In the world, it just does. So Gravity kind of is based off that, right? It I makes mean, a trigger for you. It, it is. triggers and other emotions. We're actively looking for things that are like that to occur in our life. And 
like for instance, if we have a person that's nasty and we're dwelling on how nasty this person is and they're nasty in this way, then we're subconsciously looking for this in other people. And when you're actively focusing on something, you're manifesting that in your life and someone else is going to step up and we're casting that role for that person to come and play in our life. So like, uh, how can I say this? When we're harboring ill wishes and we're manifesting them, we're, we are manifesting them. So like when I was little, my dad used to have these parties and they were these, you know, they were awesome for the people that were there, I'm sure, um, where they would get together and they would just drink a lot. And there was a lot of people there and they would drink a lot and they would really act crazy. And as a kid, I remember being scared and it being something that was, I just didn't understand why these people were acting the way they were, but it was, it was very disturbing and upsetting to me as a child. And I remember saying and thinking, I'm never going to drink if people act that way when they're drinking. And that's actually, I learned later in therapy, <laughs> that's called the bitter root seed because basically I spent so much time focusing on not doing that, but having that as part of the equation that I was literally focusing on that and I was setting a roadmap towards it. And I was manifesting the outcome that I didn't want to happen because I was trying so hard not to make it happen. And it's kind of like in recovery when people are focused all the time and white knuckling it to not drink or to not use. The, the problem is that they're constantly consumed with the, with the ideology of drinking or using, even if it's the not in front of it, which basically is keeping it present in their mind and in their life all the time, and they manifest that. And that's what we were wanting to step away from. So let's just talk a little bit about what this does to us. And, and let's just agree right now, Brian, that it's toxic, right? Yeah, that's the big problem. I mean, and, and on a, another note, like it's it's really not pretty. It's it's very boring, unattractive. It it isolates us. I mean, nobody wants to talk to us about this stuff over and over. It's self defeating. That's a good one. Um, it it removes joy and positivity, just like it's a poison. Like if if we have that going on, we might have other good things happening in our life, but it's just like having a wound that is infected and it's, it, it just can spread. It doesn't take much for you to just feel that all over because it's already present in your life. Mm -hmm. Don't forget egocentric. I agree. It is very selfish. I mean, basically it's all about me, 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 me. And anytime I get into that role, there's just not room for anything else, right? I, I can just totally be, <laughs> it's just like our dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, like she's not conscious of anything else in the room but her. It's my time right now, right now. So just for the record, we love our dog. We do love our dog. She is amazing. She's a puppy. So, you she's, know, she's we're going baby. through growing pains. And but I mean, Paul and I are going through the growing pains. <laughs> we're all going through them, I think. I think she's teething really bad because she's eating everything. But the the story here is we're not limitless. And if we're carrying negativity, it takes up the room from our ability to carry joy and positivity. Um, it's heavy. It, it's exhausting. It's draining. And, you know, we might lose an opportunity to be there for someone else if we're so consumed in our own stuff, right? Right. So what do we do about it? Well, I, I think it's important that we recognize that just like any emotion, that we should give ourselves the privilege of having the emotion and being with it. And I'm not justifying that it's valid, right? I mean, I've definitely had resentment and been totally wrong. <laughs> but 
but the it's fact, a feeling. But so it's a feeling, and we I'm, should acknowledge it. We should acknowledge it, and we should respect the fact that I am a feeling human being, and I have this feeling. It doesn't give me permission to act like a toddler and and to impose anything on other people. But I do have that right to to feel my feelings, and I think giving ourselves permission to do that is very important because. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. And we try and manifest that. And that's not, it's not a should thing. It's a is thing. It's I am this. This is occurring. It's just an acknowledgement and not being in denial of what's happening right now to me so as how a you, person. So how do you acknowledge it? Well, first of all, I, after, I, I try not to act out on it immediately. And this took a lot of practice for me. There was a long time where I would not even be conscious until after I had already acted out that I could have behaved better. But just when I started honestly trying and putting effort um, and, you know, willingness into the mix, I became more aware sooner. I, I won't say that I became aware right before and I got to choose. That That's not how it happened for me. I would just be aware sooner after I acted a fool. And then, you know, the next time, if I was still had that integrity to want to be better, um, the next time it would come up, I, I eventually got to the point where it was happening real time and I was able to decide how I wanted to respond. And, and it's such a privilege to get to actually respond to a scenario instead of reacting. And, and that's hard to get to that point. And it's, it's so empowering when we can. And, and I will tell you, Brian, I, and you know this, baby, I still do this. I mean, there, there's times things are going to set me off and I'm going to just respond. And, you know, I'll tell you now, I don't mean to. It's just sometimes you stub your toe and, and it comes out, you know. But uh, then I try to, um, before I do re act out, I try to intellectualize and really look at it rationally um, look at it, you know, does this make sense? Because sometimes it actually doesn't make sense. And if I can like put it through the tests, right, does it make sense? And then, um, can I be apathetic or can I be empathetic? Right. Can I have empathy for the person in the scenario with me on this? Do and they how, deserve this? And, and how, how long do you give yourself to in, in intellectualize it? Is it, a, I think it depends on the scenario, but Sometimes I will actually engage someone else's opinion on it. Mm. And I guess that's one of the privileges I have being in recovery is that I can always call my sponsor and say, hey, this just happened. And before I do something really stupid, I just want to run it by you and get a second pair of ears on it, you know. Um, and I, I think that's a very it, it's a wonderful thing that I have going on because mm. I, I do get that privilege of getting a timeout and let me go in you know, call in the referees and, and see if I'm, you know, getting this in the right place. But I think that that's a beautiful thing that happens for me now. So being conscious and aware of your emotions is definitely a powerful tool to have. Absolutely. And what other tools would you suggest? Well, um, when I'm trying to, to be with something that I'm not happy about, there's quite a few things that I can do. The serenity prayer is really a great one you know, to, to help me just take a step back and not have to jump in on something that I don't need to be. And if you're not familiar with the serenity prayer, I, I'm sure we've all seen it on the little 
plates and, and everything, you know, um, grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, because I oftentimes don't. Um, that That's really, really good <laughs> for me to think about those different things. Can I change it? And if I can't change it, and, you know, maybe I should just let go, and maybe I can just turn it over to something else and, and let, just have faith that that's going to be exactly the way it's supposed to be. I tend to believe that the universe doesn't give us anything that we can't handle, that we are, we've experienced everything in our lives to get us to the point that we're at right now so that we can make the spiritual jump to, to evolve through what is currently happening. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to have a step back or we might need someone to, you know, lean on, but it doesn't mean that we're not worthy of being able to learn the lesson. When I don't learn the lesson, I do find that the universe tends to reformat it and throws it right back under my feet. So if you can't do anything about it, you're going to have to let it go. Yeah. And I know for you that putting some distance between you and the scenario tends to work well for you a lot, right? Yeah, that's my escape route plan. I will tell you that, you know, in regards to being able to respond, practice, 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 you know, it's, it's. It's really, really worth it. And just in the rationalization of it, like what's it really worth today to not be completely stupid over this? I mean, it, it, I can choose that I can have a pleasant day and still have had this happen mm. as opposed to just being totally absorbed in this and losing my dang mind. So when you said that, something that came to my mind that I ask myself or I tell myself that losing my mind to this is it's not worth it my peace is more important to me than this scenario that's happening in front of me sure. i'm going to go somewhere that i can have peace or remove my mental thoughts or change my thoughts to something that's more uh, pleasant for me um something that is peaceful and because i feel i'm worth it you know and my peace is more important to me than any I think that's Drama. that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think another really important thing not to, you know, not that I have written down right here, but is to act the things out, like actually physicalize the letting go. Um, <clears throat> I had some things that I were was having trouble letting go from a friend, and this friend had passed uh, back in high school, and I remember that I literally wrote this nice letter telling her everything I wish I was able to have told her. And I tied it to a balloon and I went outside and I let the balloon go. And that was very traumatic for me. Hmm. I also, in letting some friends go that moved away, I had to, I, I did this similar thing. I wrote the letter and I built like a little pyramid of pine cones on top of it and I lit the pine cones and I, I let it, I just sent it into the ether that way. Hmm. I know that uh, I have friends who've used those paper lanterns and they write what they want on the paper lantern and then they light it and let it go. And that, that, that's a beautiful way to do that. And especially if someone's no longer with us or, or something like that, I think that's so a So this gives you it. a visual for your mind to physicalize, physical. right? Sometimes taking stuff to the physical level mm -hmm. and okay. So and, and it's kind of like a prayer in action, right? So like when you pray, you have intent and you're putting these things out there and you're putting the energy behind it by, you know, the thinking, the thoughts and the, the saying the words, you know, even if it's in your mind, you're, 
you're literally putting action to intent. And this is the same thing. It's kind of like a prayer in action. You're, you're putting the intent that, you know, you're wanting this, the betterment or, or this to be gone and, and you're letting it go. And I think the last thing that we should touch on, Brian, is forgiveness. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that is so misrepresented. I think that when we talk about, oh, I'll never be able to forgive this person. They did this to me and la, 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 la. The truth is I'm not doing them a favor by forgiving them. It has nothing to do with them. The forgiving is for me. I'm carrying around all this angst towards this person. It's taking up room and time in my life. It's it's eating away space that I could be happy in. And it's taking away time from being able to be in the moment with stuff that I'm still carrying around from yesterday. It's for me. If I'm not, if I'm still bent in that conversation that happened, if I'm still back in the car accident that occurred, if I'm still in the relationship that ended two years ago, I'm not right here right now. And if I look back on my life at the times I've been really happy it's the times when I was right there in the moment and we lose sight of that and we, we lose, we lose the joy because mm-hmm. right? your peace and joy is more important. It's more important. So like you're not doing them a favor by forgiving them, but you might consider doing yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Well, we forgive our puppy for being a puppy. And I have to say, she's been really good during our podcast. She is a sweet little girl. I don't think anybody has heard anything from the puppy, which is kind of amazing. Anything else, Paul? I want to say something cute, like, give peace to have peace. Hmm. I think I'm going to start saying, take care of yourself. I think that's awesome. All right. Well, take care of yourself, everybody. Well, it's been a pleasure, Paul, and we'll see you guys, or we'll hear you guys, or you'll hear us, rather, soon. And don't forget to check us out on GayPeace.com. Oh, yeah, and on all those, you know, podcast places and stuff, and GayPeace.com, and don't forget to like us, and share us, and, you know, all that stuff, so that we can grow, too. All right, peace out, everybody. Thank you for listening to Gay Peace Journeys. Don't forget to visit GayPeace.com. And manifest peace by making peace.